Hey guys, I am so excited to be diving into today's topic. It's all about removing your ego from your marketing. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right, I want to phrase this episode. I want to put it in a lens all by itself because it actually depends on two wildly different areas of your brain and you might only identify with the analytical side or the creative side. So creative people, those of you who love working in the flow, who have really fun ideas, but maybe don't execute them fully or so perfectly sometimes, people who love having the muse when they're creating content. You're going to like parts of this episode and parts of this episode that are more about the analytics, maybe you'll be glazing over a little bit. So if you know that's you, parse it out with a trusted colleague or a team member, because this is not an area of your business that you can just let slide forever. Maybe a short term, maybe a little while, sure, but not forever. And on the flip side, for you data geeks, you analytical nerds, right? I resonate with both of you guys. And also, you do need some creativity in your content because that creativity leads to better lead generation, which is the lifeblood of any business. So with that said, with that lens kind of complete, let's dive into the world of data-driven marketing strategy for online service businesses. And yes, that does mean removing your ego from your marketing and looking more to the data for how you're going to proceed. To do that, there are two concepts that you absolutely need to internalize. Like for reals, that means you really truly need to understand them. One, sometimes the best content in the world that absolutely should do well, just doesn't. Like it totally should perform and it's not doing it. Even if you had the best of intentions. And two, the only person whose opinion matters is your best client. Now, this matters when it comes to marketing. It matters when it comes to your branding. It matters when it comes to what offers you're going to put out into the world. But today we're talking about it specifically in terms of your marketing and content creation. Both of these concepts require you remove your ego from your marketing. And as a sole prop or a micro business, like a very small business that has a team of five or less, this isn't an easy task at all. You're used to making all the decisions from your point of view. And since your best client is probably largely based on your own personality, who you work with best, it's not easy. So how do you remove your ego from your marketing? You turn to the data. Yes, friends, we are going to be getting sciency and mathy first in this episode. Because when you depend on the data, you have the best chance of making market-driven decisions. A data-driven marketing strategy, though, is only possible if First, you're collecting the data and then you're analyzing it. So with that said, why do we even want all of that data when we already have a killer marketing strategy? The reason is content doesn't always perform as expected. That was that first point I said at the beginning of this episode. You're dealing with people and people are messy and fickle and sometimes they outright lie. Maybe they're not even lying to your face, but they're just lying to themselves. Either way, you're getting bad info. Either way, you may be getting poor feedback in your marketing surveys, in your discovery calls, in your polls, all of those things. 
I want to dive into a marketing case study here. And this is literally lifted from one of the marketing groups that I am in online. Obviously, all personal details are taken out of it. And to be fair, this probably is going to resonate with a lot of people because I've seen this scenario play out again and again. I've seen this scenario play out so many times online for my clients, for myself even, and this is something that happens. So let's say your audience tells you they want one-to-one support. They want learning in a community. They want feedback on what they're doing. So as this good service business owner that you are, you build all of that into your group coaching program. Only when you release the program to the public, it's crickets. Now, there's a few ways to look at this. One, did you nurture your audience before its release? As a content strategist, that's always my first question because a lot of times people are launching to a cold list, a cold audience that isn't prepared for that launch. Now, if that's squared away, if that wasn't the problem, then two, I would look at the timing. When did you launch it? Was it around the beginning of summer break? Was it right before summer was over and everyone was trying to squeeze in that last vacation? People weren't focused. Same around the holidays. Like, was it too close to a stressful time to your audience? And then third, I would look at the offer cost. I want to make it very clear that was the third one, not the first one. It's usually not the problem. If you're including all of that one-to-one support, though, including managing a community, I am going to assume that you priced your offer accordingly higher than just like a self-study course. So was the cost more than your audience was expecting? Then finally, fourth, is the client lying? Maybe they said they wanted community, but did they really want to invest the time it takes to build the relationships in that community? Or was it more of like a lofty idea that sounded good at the time? They said they wanted it, but they didn't really want to commit to it. These are all things I see play out again and again online, as I said. This is a case study you might identify with. How do we combat this? Smart goals. Now, we've all heard that smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-based, are the proper way to set goals. And it's not going to work 100% of the time, but for many things, they do work including content. That M, measurable aspect, has to be a part of your goals, content or not. Why do we need to measure? Well, here's another story. A few years ago, I was mentoring a young woman about a decade younger than me. She came from a broken home. She had some issues she really needed to overcome, both emotionally, financially, and probably actually across the board, really. She just wanted a great life. She was engaged. She had a decent job, but she wasn't really achieving much. And she had heard about the 1% better concept. The idea is that if all you do is become 1% better every day, you'll end up in a much better place. Now, basic math says that over a year, thanks to compounding, you'll end up over 37 times better, quote unquote, than you started. Great, right? Except when I asked her 1% better at what, she didn't have an answer. 1% better how? And she still didn't have an answer. And in that moment, I realized she would not become 1% better the next day or even the next day after that until she had a way to measure it. 1% better every day is a fantastic, great platitude. But unless you have a way to measure it, it's just that, a platitude. Marginal gains aggregated over time can be huge. And that's why the 1% better concept is fantastic. But we need to know where we're starting and where we want to go, right? The GPS only works if it knows where you are now, where you want to be, and then, and only then, can it give you the route to get there. Data-driven marketing is what gains clients. 
So I would ask you, if we're looking at how to measure your content specifically, what do you want your content to do? I am guessing it's gaining clients. I mean, I don't know about you, I don't spend a lot of time creating content for it to do nothing. So if I want it to gain clients, how am I going to measure it? This is where marketing dashboards and content dashboards come in. It's how we get data-driven marketing to aid our content creation and ultimately boost up your authentic automated marketing system. Now, if the dashboard concept is something that you have not come across or you haven't heard of in the past, here's a little bit about dashboards. Think of them as the control center for your business. Think of them as the one place that you go to to get all the answers to, hey, this thing I'm doing in my business, is it working? You can use them for any area of your business. You can use them for lead generation. You can use them for funnel performance. You can use them for content creation, content measurement, as we're talking about here. You could use them for almost anything. You know, if you have a membership, what percentage of people are falling off at a certain month of the membership? We all know that membership churn is pretty likely around three or four months. How is your membership doing compared to others? You can set up a dashboard for any of these things. The best dashboards are automated. Like you don't have to do anything. The information just is there. Now that does require some setup, of course. But marketing dashboards in particular are going to show funnel performance at every step of conversion. So if you have a free lead magnet, you can go and look at one place, how many people saw the lead magnet, how many opted in, how many stayed opted in, didn't unsubscribe immediately after getting it, and then how many continued opening your emails. For example, a content dashboard, however, is going to show which content is driving website visitors. And that is a very important thing for you to know if you're spending time creating content like we talk about on the show so often. Now, there are some challenges. The most comma data-driven marketing challenges are this. Challenge number one, gathering the data. Google Analytics is going to be the standard here. Now, I know that is scary to a lot of people, especially if you were one of those creative ones in the beginning of this episode. Now, Fear not, because frankly, there are plenty of areas of Google Analytics I still don't touch. But getting to the meat of what you do need to know is a huge step in removing your ego from your marketing. So for example, it is one thing to say that you think your audience is coming from Instagram primarily. And then it's another to realize that all Instagram interaction time produces is a lot of vanity metrics, but not too many website hits. And then it might still be another thing for you to realize that 8% of your webinar registrations came from Instagram versus 24% from your email list and 32% from an affiliate's email. That's real data from my business right there, by the way. Challenge number two is going to be pulling the data together. Is it a bit of setup work? Of course. If you need help with either of these, by the way, let's just go ahead and set you up with a visibility accelerator intensive It's like my biz GPS marketing intensive, only we focus in on which metrics or KPIs, key performance indicators that your business needs to know to make better marketing decisions. I can help you create one of these dashboards so you have that one go-to control center so you know exactly what is working and when it is working and where it is working. Then we move on to challenge number three, overcoming the data silos to analyze the data. Seeing how my audience my personal audience arrives at my free content planning training that's available at contentlab.me gives me a ton of information. 
And having my analytics set up across all of the domains I own from contentlab.me, theshowupsystem.com, brittanygardner.com, that allows me to see if more people arrive from social media to one of those places and then move on to another one of those domains, then arrive from other areas of my website, for example. All right, that was probably a little bit of a mouthful since you're not looking at visuals here. Right, I have several domains that people can find me at. BrittanyGardner.com is my main website. And then contentlab.me is where you find that free training. The show up system is one of my funnels. It's a self-liquidating offer funnel where you can buy the show up system as well as a few other things. Now, they're all linked to each other. So I have all of that set up in the background that no one would ever know. So I can see how people are getting from one domain to another. So that previous example about the webinar, that those actual stats I gave you for my business, I have those pieces of information because I have these dashboards. This really matters when you're making decisions on whether you're keeping an offer, altering an offer, or just straight up punting an offer. And since I mentioned Content Lab already, I can tell you right now that in the last month, 24% of registrations came from an organic search. Of that, 17% came from Google and less than 2% came from Bing. Honestly, I was kind of surprised any came from Bing, but you know, whatever. 9% came from social media. And of that 9%, an equal amount came from Instagram versus LinkedIn. I can honestly tell you until I pulled this amount of statistics right now, I hadn't seen the LinkedIn metric. So this is a surprise. Like right when I wrote these notes for this episode is when I noticed this. Now I spent practically no time on LinkedIn and quite a bit on Instagram. So that is information that's really worth me knowing. It may lead me to change my social media behavior. It may lead me to spend more time on LinkedIn to see if I can boost that number even higher if I just put a little bit of attention into it, right? Now we move on to challenge number four, building an in-house data team. For now, I am my own data team. One day it could change, but for now it's me. How about your business? If you're glazing over already and what we've been talking about, is this something that you can handle? Or is it something that you need to outsource to another team member or another company entirely? Remember, you're only one visibility accelerator away from making data-driven marketing decisions instead of emotional, ego-driven marketing choices. So here's your ego drop for point number one of this right here, your ego drop. Just because you love a piece of content doesn't mean it's going to work. You have to be measuring that content. No attachment here. If you're not measuring, you'll never know if it's really working for you and if it's really doing some of that heavy lifting in your business. I don't know about you, but I don't spend time creating content only to let it flop again and again, and neither should you. All right, that was concept number one for removing your ego from marketing. Let's move on now to concept number two, and that is that your data has to come from the correct sources. We're circling back to that second point I wanted you to internalize that I mentioned way at the beginning. When it comes to removing your ego from your marketing and using your audience research to build your online service business, you have to keep in mind only your best client's opinion matters. I know you love your best friend. I know you love your mother. I know you love your boyfriend or your spouse. But hear my heart when I say this, their opinions don't matter when it comes to your marketing. If that sounds harsh, I understand. I get it. And I do want to make a note. Their opinions might matter when it comes to your business as a whole, but not your marketing. They're only going to matter when it comes to your business as a whole, by the way, if you are losing sight of your real life, if they can see that. 
if they can see that your balance is way off for a longer period of time than you committed it to being. Or maybe that, you know, it's affecting other things that you can't see because you're just too close. Then, yes, their opinions matter. But they do not matter when it comes to their opinion of your latest email subject line. They don't matter when it comes to the Instagram post from last Wednesday. And they don't matter when you're choosing an ad concept for your next ad. And they definitely, definitely do not matter when it comes to a piece of logo or font choice or the price of your new program or the way you deliver your program. None of that matters from your best friend or your spouse or your mother. It matters only when you're hearing the opinion from your best client. And a sub point on this, a Facebook group is not complete market research. It is a great place to start. I often see and have also given the advice to go into Facebook groups filled with your target demographic and do market research in that manner. It's a great starting point and it's a wonderful accent to your research as a whole, but that people in that Facebook group are not all your best client. Some of them may have a completely different mindset than your best client does. You may have heard me say this before and I'll say it again because I keep seeing huge violations of this rule. Do not bring your mock-up of six logos into a random Facebook group and ask everyone in that group which one is their favorite. At best, you'll figure out which ones aren't as readable as you maybe thought they were and you can rule them out. But at worst, which is far more likely of a scenario here, you'll get an even split across all the contenders and be no better off than when you started. So what's a better solution here? Bring those logos to the three clients you most recently had a great experience with, or show them to your referral partners. These are the people who are actually going to affect your bottom line, so these are the people who can help you make that kind of business decision. Here's the ego drop for point number two. Stop looking for approval from the wrong people. Your business wasn't built to make your mom happier. It was built for your freedom and an avenue for you to use your passion and skills in a way that helps your best client. So ask your best client. Now that we've got those two concepts down, let's talk about how to use smart data to deliver a higher marketing ROI. In summary here, we are setting up a way to gather and then analyze and finally make decisions off of data rather than ego. That is how we're going to boost the ROI of the time that you're spending on marketing and creating content. If content marketing is something you're going to spend time on, let's ensure your time is wisely spent. What does that mean? It means your content is doing some of the heavy lifting in your business. Your content is acting like a filter. It is bringing in the right clients to your door and gently telling all the other people out there, hey, I'm probably not the best fit for you and you can find someone to help you so easily elsewhere, it's just not going to be me. That's your content filter. And content measuring, a content dashboard, is how you know whether that filter is working or not. So here's the question for you guys. Do you need support in this area? If you do, I have two options. If you're either just getting started with content creation or you've been doing content a while and you realize, hey, it's not producing the results that I want it to produce, Content Lab is your first stop. You can go to contentlab.me, find more information. I have a free training on how to content plan for your business. The big mistakes that people tend to fall into as they start their content planning And yes, the final module in that self-study course is about how to measure your content. I include in that self-study course, by the way, one-to-one chat support with me. 
Why do I do that? Well, like I said, I listened to the data. I looked at what was going on with Content Lab and talked with a few people who have taken the program. And it turns out they don't need a big group program for that. They really just want to do the work, listen to the short trainings, get it done. And if they have a question, have direct access to me. So that is exactly what I have put out there for you guys. Now, if you need a little bit more than that, if you like this dashboard idea that you're hearing here, creating a marketing and content dashboard is the next level of marketing measurement. The Visibility Accelerator Intensive is your first step to create your personal dashboard for all marketing needs. And I am happy to tell you more about that. Just go ahead and message me on Instagram or hop onto my website and schedule a call for that. These options are both available for you. They're different levels of investment and different levels of results as well, because I understand you could be anywhere on the spectrum of content planning. When we're talking about automated, authentic marketing, measuring that marketing is a huge piece of knowing what we can automate. That's really what we have a goal for here. We want to get you to a place where you don't have to spend so much time marketing your business and you can really just get back to what you started your business to do in the first place. All right, guys, that was a mouthful of an episode and you probably didn't realize this because I didn't tell you, but I actually had to record this twice because the first time I recorded it, it was on the wrong microphone and it sounded tinny and awful and My husband is totally going to make fun of me when he hears this because he tells me that's the first thing to check every time before I record. And did I listen? No, I did not. You'd think I would kind of learn this, but that is proof right there that content creation does not always go according to plan and you have to have good systems around it. So with that little closing bit of advice, I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Let me know if you enjoyed the content here, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Knowing which episodes are your favorite is one of the best things that you can do to help me create better content in the future. Bye guys.